one. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us uh, today for our Bible study and worship time. I pray this will be an inspiring time for you, and um, we're glad to have you along with us. I'm going to be going into the scriptures this morning and talking about um, the spiritual world and the natural world, the physical world in which we live. Um, the Bible is very plain that there is a, a species of being that exists in a supernatural dimension unseen to human eyes. Now, there are times in the Bible that um, this particular group of, of beings has been spotted, and they reveal themselves to man on a number of occasions in the Bible. And even today, there are certain occurrences when we can see a glimpse beyond this uh, dimension in which we live and to see this group of beings, and they're called angels. Uh, to talk about angels would really take a long time. It's, it's just a very um, thorough subject in the scriptures. There are uh, angelic hosts that are mentioned in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, um, and they are always mentioned as ministering spirits. In fact, the book of Hebrews teaches us that angels are, are ministering spirits, those that are sent to minister to those of us who are the heirs of salvation. Um, one passage even says that we should be careful to entertain strangers because many have entertained angels unaware, not even aware that angels had taken a human form and they were among us. So, so as we talk about angels today, and we talk about the supernatural realm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in a passage from Genesis chapter number 6. Uh, last Sunday, here in our congregation, as we were meeting live and in person, I began talking about this subject, and I read um, four verses out of Genesis chapter number 6, and I'd like to read them again this morning, Genesis 6 verse 1. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans, or the daughters of men, were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Now the next verse, verse 3, <clears throat> says, Then, after this happened, the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120, and uh, that will be 120 years. And then the next verse is very interesting. It says, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children. They had offspring. And he said, these uh, were the mighty men of old. They were heroes. They were men of renown. They were strong and, and uh, powerful men. Now that, that, that passage, Genesis 6, 1 through 4, has been interpreted so many different ways through the years. It's been a source of, of uh, consternation and confusion uh, for a lot of folks. And uh, I don't know, I don't claim to have all of the answers, but I, I do believe that, uh, that the Scriptures bears out what I'm, what I'm bringing out in this study. And um, it is to simply say that angelic beings have been with us ever since the beginning of time and before uh, our, the creation of our planet, before the creation of our universe. We read in, um, for instance, in Job chapter 38, which is one of the oldest books in the Bible. Perhaps the oldest book is Job. It's a book of antiquity. It was written around the same time that uh, Moses penned the book of Genesis and the, the Pentateuch that we know. And so the Old Testament language used in that book is very similar to what's used in the book of Genesis, the, the passage we just read. 
And in Job chapter 38, God says to Job, he says, uh, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth, when I created the universe? Where were you when I stretched it all out? And, he's, and, and, and in other words, he was showing Job the fact that humans are very finite, we're very limited, and uh, we're, we're not uh, as, as great as sometimes we think we are. But, and then he went on to say, where were you when the morning stars sang together? And the sons of God, notice that phrase, sons of God shouted for joy. In other words, there were angelic creatures with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. His godly counsel was together at the time of the creation of the universe. They were created, this, this uh, human, this, this uh, uh, heavenly species was created to serve and worship God. And they were there when he created it all, when he created the universe. And... Um, so just as you and I are uh, inhabitants of a natural world, so angels, both holy angels and fallen angels, are inhabitants of a spiritual world, a dimension that we cannot see. Uh, many, many years ago, when the Garden of Eden um, was vacated and God took Adam and Eve and he, he forced them out of the garden, and uh, the Bible says he set an angel at the, at the entrance to the garden. And the angel has a flaming sword, and he was to protect and keep mankind from ever going back into that dimension until God was ready uh, to reveal it to us. And so there was this thick um, curtain, if you will, uh, in the heavens that was created between our dimension where we live and that heavenly dimension. One of these days, God is going to restore paradise to us. As a matter of fact, when you look at that word paradise, even when Jesus used it with the thief on the cross, there's a reference to Eden there. So it, it means the same thing. It's this garden of God. It's this place where the angels gathered and the divine counsel of God gathered and had the desire to fellowship with mankind. Sin broke that fellowship. Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. We've now experienced five, 6,000 years of human history with sin and, and, and death and, and destruction and pain and sorrow. Listen, my friend, it was never God's intent that you live a life of pain and sickness and disease and death. Those were not God's intention when he created mankind. He created us to live eternally in his presence, full of joy and perfect health with our full mental faculties. But sin has robbed us of all that. The original sin, my friend, that was committed by Eve and then by Adam in the garden, drove mankind from the presence of God. And uh, so we've been hiding. He, they hid themselves. The Bible says Adam and Eve hid themselves in the, in the bushes, and they covered themselves with fig leaves. They sewed together aprons of fig leaves and covered their private parts because they were all of a sudden self-conscious. When they sinned and they disobeyed God, they left a place of God-consciousness and they became self-conscious, they lost the glory of the Lord, and they became aware of the fact that they were carnal, and they, they were, uh, they were uh, sensual, and there was something about uh, the human body that needed to be covered. And so Adam and Eve did so, and they hid from God, but God, of course, knowing where they were, he found them, and he said to Adam, he said, where are you, Adam? He wasn't asking where Adam was physically. He was saying, Adam, where are you in your relationship to me? Why have you... Why are you hiding? Why are you running? Why are you distanced from me? And even today, thousands of years later, God says to us, why are you hiding? You're, you're covering yourself. You're, you're, you're masking the real you in hopes that somehow 
God won't see you or won't know you. But my friend, listen, you can mask yourself from everyone else. You can hide your personality. You can hide your evil, the things that you do that are wrong, and the darkness of your life. You might hide it from everyone. You may fool everyone else, but there's a God who knows where you are. There's a God who knows all about you. And he sees you in your pain. He sees you in your misery. He sees you in your sin and your wickedness. But he loves you still, my friend. And he says, where are you today? Would you come back to me? Would you be restored in fellowship with me? That's the heart of God. That's his desire, is to recreate a, a, a fellowship with the inhabitants of the natural world, men and women, mankind. So just as angels were created to serve and worship God, so you and I were created to worship him and to serve him on this planet as well. But we see angels involved in... Um, the work of God, as I, as I mentioned, throughout all of our history and even before. And then we see demonic activity. Because you see in Revelation chapter number uh, 12, uh, the Bible says that, that Satan, who, who was mentioned there as the dragon, uh, caused the first rebellion. He came against God, and the Bible says that, that the tail of the dragon swept one-third of the angels from heaven. So Satan, who was the original worship leader in heaven as Lucifer, um, and his false religions and his coming in as an angel of light is all about rebellion. He's all about destruction. Jesus said he's a thief who comes to steal your, your identity and to, and to kill your creativity and to destroy your, your destiny. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy you. He would take you to hell with him if he could because he's so enraged against God. He's so uh, angry and so fierce um, in the fact that he was cast out of heaven and um, he's now entered into rebellion against God, took one-third of the angels with him, all right? Those one-third of the angels, the fallen angels, now serve as demon powers. Some of them are loosed. Some of them are on the earth today. Some have been held in, in bondage. We read in the book of Jude, and we also read in the book of First Peter and the book of Second Peter. There are passages there that teach us that angels have, are being held in prison. They're being held in chains until their time of judgment. And their ultimate uh, goal, their ultimate destination, is to spend the rest of eternity in the lake of fire with Satan, the false prophet, the beast, all of these uh, evil characters and creatures. They're, they're going to face their judgment, and it's not going to be a pretty sight, I can assure you of that. But, but unclean spirits, as they're called in the Old Testament, were at work uh, from the very beginning. In fact, in Genesis chapter number 3, we see... Uh, the temptation as, as, as Satan comes along and he is in the form of a serpent and he deceives Eve and he deceives Adam and so they yield to the original sin. They disobey God and in so doing they plunged all of mankind into, um, into sin and into lawlessness and into rebellion and uh, that's always been his goal. He's, he's so angry with God. He's so mad at God. He wants to take mankind who is the height of God's creation and he would love to, to thwart God's plan for man. He would love to thwart God's plan for your life and for my life. He would love for us to sin. He would love for us to, to, to commit evil and perversion and live in that lifestyle. And then at the end of our life, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Satan, who's a very hard taskmaster, will then pay you your wages and you'll spend eternity separated from God, my friend, if, you're, if you don't ask God for forgiveness of your sins, if you don't repent, if you don't turn to him and be born again 
and spend eternity with him, you'll spend eternity without him. So we see then the unclean spirits, this demonic activity. We see it in the Gospels. There was like an explosion of demonic activity when Jesus was born and came on the scene. Then all of a sudden the devil's like, man, we got to take this guy out. We know who this guy is. This is he's the son of God. And so you see all this demonic activity throughout the Gospels and throughout the book of Acts as the early church was preaching the gospel and, and demon powers were enraged against them and they fought against them and there was this battle, this spiritual warfare taking place. Then we read in the epistles, the, particularly the letters of, of the apostle Paul, he gives us understanding into our power over demonic powers. Um, he declares our authority over them in the name of Jesus Christ. And he teaches us that we don't have to be overcome by evil, but we can overcome evil with good. He teaches us, John teaches us, that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Paul teaches to the Ephesians, he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we wrestle against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. He said, our warfare is against wicked spirits in the heavenlies, powerful demonic forces that are battling and they're coming against mankind. That's who our warfare is all about. So, so we read then in Genesis chapter 6, an invasion of the demonic. We see then, then that, um, that in that particular day, it came to pass when men began to multiply and daughters were born to them, okay? Daughters of men. Verse 2, that the sons of God, this is Genesis 6-2, the sons of God saw the daughters of men. They saw the daughters of humans. There was something about the beauty of, of human women that enticed these uh, fallen angels, these sons of God. You see, the word, the term sons of God in the Old Testament always refers to angelic beings. It never refers to humans. It's a reference to angelic beings. So angels then were enticed to uh, marry human women. Imagine that, if you will. And then the Bible says they married any of them whom they chose. Now, this was not... This was not rape. This was not um, a, 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 an evil, a wrong act. The, 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 the word there uh, in, the, in, the, um, uh, in the Hebrew is laka, which means a legal transaction or marriage. So their desire was to marry these women so that they might procreate, so that they might produce children who would be of a demon seed, and they would, they would dominate families, and they would taint the bloodline of the coming Messiah. That, that was the intention. This is why these angels invaded right here, right before the flood, right after the, the, uh, the garden. Actually, it's about 1,600 years after the garden and the fall of man. Right before the flood of Noah, the sons of God, these angels came to women, and they desired to marry them, to legally transact a marriage. Now, you say, well, how can a demon marry a woman. Demons and, you know, angels and humans are, are two totally different species. And Jesus teaches us that in heaven, we will be like the angels who are not given in marriage or, or, or marry. And so it's my understanding then that an angel has no way to procreate. They don't have reproductive organs like human beings do. And so they couldn't uh, produce a, a, a race of any kind of their own. They're created by God. Okay. God created the angels. Then he created Adam and Eve, and ever since then, mankind has reproduced mankind, has reproduced mankind, has reproduced mankind. But not so with the angels. The angels were created by God. They cannot reproduce themselves. So it seems to me that these angels must have come to men 
and, and somehow empowered those men. And uh, when they did so, they, they actually had the men marry these women to produce this, um, this race. And so you, you say, how horrible. Yes, it was horrible. I'm telling you, this, uh, this uh, generation had become so lawless and so uh, evil and so wicked that men were willing to give their bodies to demonic powers. This is nothing new. Demons have, have uh, possessed humans for, for centuries. We read of the, the maniac at Gadara, for instance. He was a, a fellow that, that Jesus encountered, and he had demons in him, and Jesus cast the demons out. Jesus dealt with demons all the time. He never debated with them. He never tried to uh, use logic with them. He didn't try to understand them. He just rebuked them. He just took authority over them. He said, you don't have any power in this person. And listen, my friend, if you're a child of God, Satan has no power, no authority to be dealing with you the way he's dealing with you. He is, he's, he's come against you illegally and unethically and immorally. You have power and you have authority as a child of God to use the name of Jesus against every principality, every power, every demon force on this planet or around this planet, and you don't have to fear demon powers. But I want you to understand what happened here in Genesis chapter number 6. I believe that, that humankind was so wicked, they had gotten to the place where, where men were only doing uh, evil continually, the Bible says. Their, their, their thoughts were on nothing but evil. And they were, they were eating and drinking and marrying and with no concern for, for, for God, no, no thought about God. And so, and so these men were willing to yield themselves to demon powers and they went in and married these women to reproduce an evil uh, bloodline. But God says, I'm not going to allow men to continue. He said, wickedness uh, is, is great and it's, it's so uh, powerful in the earth. People are actually wanting to be demon controlled. They're wanting to produce houses of demons and, and bloodlines of demons and so forth. And so, and so you say, well, why would people ever do that? Well, it's, it's, it's really uh, not that difficult to understand. In Genesis chapter 3, Satan came to Eve and he said to her, listen, God didn't really say you're going to die. Did he really say you're going to die? I don't think he said die. Did he mean like die physically? He, he twisted God's words and got Eve confused. And time after time he came to her to the place that she was beginning to wear down in her thinking and she got to think, well, maybe, maybe God doesn't really want me to die. After all, I have this, I would love to live forever. And Satan says, that's it. You can live forever. You don't have to die. You can be a God. You can be like God. If you eat of this fruit, you're going to be like God. God knows that. That's why he doesn't want you to eat that fruit from that tree because you're going to have this knowledge and you're going to be like God and you're going to live forever and you're going to be a God. And that so appealed to her that she was willing to throw away everything that she had for that fruit. Now, here we are. Let's fast forward 1,600 years and mankind is thinking, you know, we can be gods. We can... We can have this, these demons have promised, this devil has promised us eternal life. We can be gods, we can live forever, and we'll reproduce this, this uh, lineage. And, and what Satan wanted was he wanted to taint the bloodline of the coming Messiah. You see, for 900 years, Adam had lived past the fall. 900 years of that 1,600 years between the fall and the flood. And Adam had, had been a, a testimony of the death that was coming. Genesis 4 and Genesis 5 contains the obituaries of many people. The sentence of death had come, and this one died, and that one died. People died, and generations died. And here he is 900 years later, 
He's talking about it. And, and, and Adam lives to be 900 years. And, but Satan was lying. He was saying, listen, you can beat this death sentence. You won't surely die. You can live forever and you can be like a god. Does that sound familiar? There are religious groups today that teach you you can be like a god. You can have a, a marriage in one of their temples and you can become a god. You can have celestial sex. You can procreate. You can fill the earth. That's one of today's religions. It's prominent right now today in America, around the world. The Greeks, the Egyptians, they all looked uh, for eternal life as a god. This is why the Egyptians put all these things in the, in the, uh, in the pyramids when they buried their, the pharaohs, when they buried their kings. They put boats in there so that they could sail over the, the river of death, and they put all kinds of things because they believed in an afterlife, and they, they wanted to be gods in the next life. Even the pagan temples in Corinth, when Paul went to preach in those temples, it was, there were places where you communed with the gods through prostitution. You see, all false religion is demonic. Every false religion, Christianity, the love of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of God through his son Jesus is the only true and faithful religion. My friend, all of the religions are false. They promise eternal life. They promise you can conquer death. They promise you can become a god. You can divide death. But all of those are lies of the enemy. But Jesus has dealt with uh, these, uh, these uh, illegal, uh, demonic, uh, demonic creatures, and he has cast them into chains, and they now are, many of them are being held in prison. We read in the book of um, 1 Peter, the, the third verse and the 18th, uh, the third chapter, 18th verse, excuse me, Jesus proclaimed his lordship to fallen angels in prison. Then in 2 Peter chapter 2, we read of the sin of angels in Noah's day being equal to Sodom and Gomorrah judgment. In other words, it was the sin of homosexuality. Angels went after strange flesh. They stepped out of God's defined limits for them, and they will face, they will face God's judgment. Jude chapter, excuse me, Jude verse 6 and verse 7, only has one chapter. Verses 6 and 7 speak of angels in eternal bonds, waiting for God's judgment. So some demons are on the loose, but many are imprisoned today because of what they did and what, they, what, they, what transpired in this story in Genesis chapter number 6. Now I want you to read another verse with me in uh, Genesis 6. It's verse number 3. The Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Now, God didn't judge, if you'll notice here, God didn't pass judgment on the demons, the, the fallen angels. He passed judgment on the men. He said, my spirit won't strive with man forever. Man has become so evil, so wicked, so sinful that you would try to reproduce a race of, of demons and humans. And, and, and that's, that's it. I've had it. You have, you have uh, you, you've come against me. You have... Uh, um, stirred my anger, uh, and now you've gone too far. And he says, your days shall be 120 years. In other words, 120 years from now, I'm going to destroy the earth. And Noah began to preach. Noah began to build the ark. God called Noah a just man. Uh, the Bible goes on to say in a little bit later in this chapter, and it says he was a just man, perfect in his generation, and he walked with God. He walked with God. Verse 11, if you look at it, with me, it says, the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. 
So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. All flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And then in verse number 13, God says to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. You see, God, God says, I, I, I'm sorry. In verse number, um, verse number 5 and verse number 6, he says, The Lord was sorry that he made man. He was grieved in his heart. He said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. I'm going to destroy man. It, it, was so, it was so vile and it was so wicked what had transpired right up before the flood. For 1,600 years from the fall in the garden to the flood of Noah. 1,600 years. That's a long time. Man, man had practiced marriage and, and, and people have been marrying and giving in marriage. And you know, marriage is a blessing. Marriage is, is one of the greatest things that God has ever given to us. And marriage has never fallen, my friend. It's a wonderful thing for a man and a woman to spend a lifetime together in union, serving God and, and bringing glory to Him and, and raising godly children for the purposes of God. But you see, mankind had, driven, had fallen so far from that. And here they are now in the days of Noah. It's wicked, it's perverse, it's evil. It's, it's lascivious. And God says, I've had it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 120 years, and then I'm going to destroy uh, the planet. And that's exactly what he did. Noah, his sons, that's, that, he had three sons, so it was Noah and his sons, his wife, and their, their wives. So there were eight people on the ark. After 120 years of Noah preaching and, and, and proclaiming and prophesying and, and warning the people and building his ark, he had no converts outside of his family. So the rest of the world was destroyed by a flood. My friend, the Bible says that Jesus will come as in the days of Noah. Did you ever read that? As in the days of Noah, so, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. In other words, men will be riot, living riotous lives. They'll be marrying and giving in marriage. They'll be eating and drinking and making merry and enjoying themselves and full of pleasure with no thought of God. No thought of the sanctity of life. No thought of the sanctity of marriage. No thought of the sanctity of sexuality, a man and a woman for a lifetime. All these things done away with. All these things we know better. All these things following after Satan, if you will, down this path to destruction. So we're living very, very close to the coming of the Lord Jesus. All you have to do is look around. I'm telling you, the year 2020 has been like one crazy year, has it not? It's been unbelievable, the things we've gone through. We're only in July. I mean, the taping of this, this particular video, it's just the middle of July. What's, what's the rest of the year to bring? What's the future bring? I don't know all the answers of the future, but I know Jesus Christ is coming very, very, very soon. And he gives us glimpses into the past, as I've shared with you last Sunday and today in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And I've shared with you just a little bit about Demonic activity and how demons are active and, and they're constantly uh, working to thwart God's plan. They're constantly working to fulfill the plan of Satan and that is to lead every human being in rebellion against God. That's what they're at work. That's why they exist. So that's why we've got to be strong. That's why we've got to stand and be vigilant uh, against our adversary, Peter said in the book of 1 Peter. Stand, and he said, he said um, don't give place to the devil. He, he, said, he said, be strong and 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 stand and uh, realize that you have an enemy and uh, that he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
He said, but be sober and be vigilant and be prepared. So that's my challenge to you this morning. Is gone. I thank you for joining us uh, for this session, whether you've watched this live on this Sunday morning. I pray it'll be a great day for you, or if you're watching later on in the week, uh, be sure and share this video with a friend. Would you do that? It kind of segues with last week as I began the message and then kind of dovetailed it in uh, to today's message. They, they work hand in hand. So, so feel free to share these messages that we have on Facebook and YouTube and, and, uh, and give us a shout, by the way, if, if there's anything we can uh, do, anything we can pray with you about. Love to hear back from you. Love for you to communicate with us. In just a moment, you'll see some announcements uh, telling you about our church, Life Community Church, and uh, we stand here ready to be of service. May the Lord bless you. Now, as we close out my time with you, I'd like to uh, extend to you a pastoral blessing, all right? Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may He lift up His face, and may He lift up His countenance upon you, and may He give you His peace. May angels go before you, and goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen.